still works. She sighed then. I wanted to go so many places when I was young, but it takes guts and talent to leave everything and everyone you know. You could do it, though. Her few words and that slip of paper had given me the courage to believe I actually could. After all, I'd won first prize at the Plain City Fair for my tap dancing and singing when I was seven and had held the title ever since. You always planned to leave home, I told myself. Just because you had to escape sooner than expected doesn't mean you can't still fly to the stars. But my pep talk in a scary hotel room in a strange city in the middle of the night did little to ease my fears. Once in bed, I could practically see the walls closing in around me. To calm myself, I began a routine I'd invented as a small child, running my hands the length of my arms. A broken tibia when I was three. My mom told Doc Haverford I fell down the stairs. Slipping along my sides, several broken and fractured ribs over the years, and then lifting each leg and squeezing all the way to my feet, My legs had been a frequent target until I started dancing. The ritual both strengthened and soothed me. I was now alone in the world, with no home to return to and no one to rely on, but if I could survive my father's beatings and the petty prejudices of my hometown, then I could triumph over whatever obstacles the future threw my way. Maybe. Hopefully. The next morning, I combed out my hair, sweeping up the sides and letting the curls billow below, the way Carol Lombard did in My Man Godfrey. I put on the dress my dad bought for me when he took us to Cincinnati to buy supplies for the laundry. I'd chosen a dusty rose-colored cotton frock with a geometric print composed of interlocking mustard yellow and steel gray squares. Mom said the pattern of the fabric and cut of the dress looked too mature for me, and maybe that was so, but now I considered myself lucky to be wearing something so sophisticated. Filled with a sense of determination, I went downstairs and onto the street. I asked directions on nearly every corner and managed to find my way to the ferry building where I boarded the boat to Treasure Island, about halfway across the bay and just under the Bay Bridge. I imagined everyone on board was seeking a job at the Golden Gate International Exposition. As excited as I was, the pulse of the ferry through the choppy water roused my vertigo and my hunger until I felt once again dizzy and sick. Once we reached the dock, everyone walked fast, wanting to be first in line for interviews. Me too. I spotted my first palm trees, which was thrilling because they meant I surely was in California. I'd never seen anything like the fair's entrance. Giant towers composed of stacked cubes crowned by stylized elephants bookended the gate. Beyond, I glimpsed spires still clothed in scaffolding. My ears pounded from the sounds of hammers, the buzz of electric saws, the rumble of tractors, bulldozers, and flatbed trucks, and the shouts of men calling out orders and cursing the way they do on construction sites. Will they be done on time? 
A man's voice asked very close to my ear. I jumped, spiraling into the terror I experienced around my dad. I swung around to find a young, occidental man about six feet tall, with broad shoulders and sandy-colored hair. He put up his hands in surrender. I'm sorry I scared you. His mouth spread into a contrite smile as I met his deep blue eyes. He looked older than I, maybe around twenty. He extended his hand. My name's Joe. I'm Grace. No last names. I like that. I'm looking for a job as a rolling chair boy. He didn't bother to explain what that was. But the real reason I'm here is that I love planes, and I love to fly. Up ahead, the others from the ferry disappeared through the gate.